0: You know john wellborn's told the story he's a, a former yeah. nfl football player um crossfit football oh, yeah. um he's told the story that like when he found crossfit and kind of got into it and realized how much fitness he got when he went back to train with i think it was with the kansas city chiefs at the time um when he was with the chiefs they would give him his strength program and he would be like uh i want to do my this is in the crossfit variation you know the coach would be like no you have to you have to check every box to do it. so he did every box for time <laughs> so he would yep. go through his his this deadlifts, fun, yeah. his squats, his cleans, and his presses as fast as he possibly could. And he turned the card back in, like 22 <laughs> minutes later, drenched in sweat, yep. and be like, done. And be like, yeah. That's essentially what you're doing. Yeah, Just kind of put all those things together and put a different level of um, cardiovascular response to it.
1: We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing. Never stopping. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. How are you, Ben? I'm doing well. Thanks, Patrick. Today we are going to talk about something uh, I've, I've collected I'm increasingly getting more and more good questions, and so this episode is going to be a collection of sorts from different questions that were asking roughly the same question in different ways. And that question is, again, roughly is I want to start CrossFit, but I'm but I can't or I'm not going to go to a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. How do I do it? What do I need to do? And so what I thought we could do today is um, a little bit of a thought experiment in and break down maybe a few different scenarios in which somebody might be in that position, right? They've decided, okay, I'm gonna try this thing, I'm not gonna to go to a gym, Yeah. now what? And so what I wanna do is I wanna give you a, a, a series of imaginary people, imaginary scenarios, um, and, and put them out to you and say, with this individual, how would you advise them to go forward? Um, and so the first one is uh, an individual who Whatever for again, for whatever reason, they're, they're not going to go to a CrossFit gym, but they're interested in they're, they're committed to trying um, and maybe they just received uh, some poor health news from their doctor. Right. They haven't worked out for a while, probably overweight to some degree. Um, where where would you begin advising them? How would you begin advising them to start knowing that yeah. they've probably spent many, many years without any fitness in their lives, if um, if at all? So where, where do they begin? How do they begin going down this journey of doing CrossFit, but knowing that they're not going to walk into a CrossFit gym, at least not
0: now? Okay. So the first thing I would do would be commend them on the fact that they, they want to start and they want to try. Um, from there, strangely enough, the next thing would not be let's go do some um, burpees, let's go running, let's go um, try to get your below parallel. It would be they want to try CrossFit. And they're, they're kind of interested in this, either because their doctor said you should do CrossFit or they found that this is a methodology that is really transformative, both for elite fitness, but also to get people off the couch, mm-hmm. off the carbs and off medications and everything else. Where I would start with that individual and that individual particularly is knowledge is power. Mm. I would explain to them what CrossFit is really simply, right? All CrossFit is, I know you've seen it on TV and you've been intimidated by what's going on in these gyms. All CrossFit is, really simply, is constantly varied, functional movements, and you're gonna try and push yourself a little bit. That's it. Like we call it relative intensity. So you break those things down a little bit to let them know. So, what we're gonna try to do here is um, functional movements. What we mean by that is, is not what you continually, you usually see people doing when they're exercising, which is things like um, the elliptical machine. We're not going to be doing that. It's not things like um, bicep curls. We're not going to be doing those. It's not things like um, sitting and doing leg extensions. We're not going to be doing those, and we're not going to be doing, um, you know, any sort of other like things you might see in, like the PT world or bodybuilding world. What we are going to do is things that you would see on an athletic field. Or in real in in a on a work site, right? That's like mm. real life. So yep. we're picking things up and putting them down. We'll be <laughs> carrying them, like you see on a work site, or we might do something you might see on an athletic field, like jumping or running or rowing or biking or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we're gonna try try to do it to the point where you're working. I don't want you to be reading a magazine while you're doing this, but I also don't want you to crush yourself to the point where we can't walk for five days. So what we'll do is we'll do functional movements performed at relatively intensity, and we're just gonna shift those around every day and make it constantly varied. So one day we might do some running or walking, and we might be lifting up a dumbbell above our head. The next day we might be sitting on a rowing machine and doing some sit-ups and kind of lay out this framework of, this is what it looks like. Basically, the biggest thing we need to do is lower the intimidation factor right. and get them to understand. If people understand what they're doing, there's a lot more ownership involved in from, from their side. We need to make sure that this knowledge piece is in place because with that, also now it's not just like chaos, crazy right. movements right. and randomness, and I don't know what I'm doing. We're going to begin with the end in mind and let people know where they are along the journey. Whether someone's an employee of mine, that's the path we want to take, or a client of mine, that's a path we want to take. Give them the full picture of what this is. Then from there, that might be day one, day two, day three. We might not move at all. Like literally, I want to like give them a really strong understanding. The next piece is we want to let them understand what's going to give them results. And that is first and foremost, working on what happens in the kitchen Next, it's what happens on the other 23 hours you are not with me. Yep. Then it's going to be about what we do in the gym. So we're going to talk nutrition a lot. And the nutrition point, we talk so much nutrition on this yeah. podcast, really simply would be eat real food. So what that means is it has a shelf life. It was alive at some point. If you don't um, take care, it's not going to sit on a shelf and, mm-hmm. and, and um, be around for very long. Um, it's living thing. Food is alive. Um From there, don't eat too much of it. Talk about like what quantities look like. And then we're going to make sure that they get plenty of plants, Mm -hmm. fruits, vegetables, and so on. That's really the foundation of what we're trying to do. If they're doing that at most meals throughout the week, then what we're going to do is get them to work on some other things. Their sleep and their stress at work. Those things matter more than what they're going to do at the hour in the gym with me. Mm -hmm. Third level would be let's focus on the, what we're doing in terms of movement and quote unquote exercise. And there it's going to be things like, let's walk for a minute and then let's jump on a bike for a minute. And let's do that for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Your pace. Mm -hmm. The next day will be, let's do 10 sit-ups, five air squats, and let's just jog 50 meters. That's like jog 20 to the end of the gym and back. And we'll do that for 15 minutes, and the next day, and so on. Just like really mellow, non-intimidative. We probably will not pick up a weight for the first week or so, but we're just trying to get them to move. I have somebody I'm working with right now. They're on their journey of losing 100 pounds. They're down about 50 or 60 right now. It's Amazing. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the majority of their work is, let's do um, two minutes of rowing, two minutes of walking or running. That's kind of the foundation of what they do. Yeah. And they'll do that anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. And they do that three, four, five days a week. They also do yoga. This is what m- m- um, multiple times a week, like mm-hmm. three times a week, because it just gets them to feel without exerting themselves, without, they're not gonna be able to get in the gym the next day, the right type of yoga, but it gets them to feel like they're being healthy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm the type of person that yeah. I'm healthy. I do healthy things. It's a really cool thing. They they sweat a lot. They're in a good environment. They get to play with this mind-body connection. And now I'm aware of what's going on. Um, that's where I would start with that deconditioned athlete. Yeah.
1: Um, where would you point people, um, if they didn't have you or a version of you, to walk them through that process? Yeah. Um, like, I know I know… I know it's hard. Oh but yeah, right. That's a good you
0: you guys kind of said they don't they're no, not putting but, going it's to the okay. gym, but yeah, 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 yeah but it's okay because that, I kinda of missed that, the whole point of this whole the <laughs> No, whole because thing.
1: that's helpful because what you're saying is this is how I would yeah. guide them. And that was that was the premise of the question is like what advice would you give them? Yep. But what if the scenario was you can give them advice, that advice, but they're on their own to yep. to process it and put it through into action. Cool. Like
0: that's a great question.
1: What would that look like? What would you hope that that would process would look like or that okay. journey would look like?
0: So um, what I might suggest that they do is, um, <laughs> without like making this sound like a plug, um, sign up for CompTrain Class. Hmm. So we have CompTrain, which is this program for elite athletes. Yep. CompTrain Class is the coach's notes of how we run a class for regular people. And what you could do then is like, Here's a workout. Mm. Here's how to scale it. If you don't have the equipment, here's what to do. It'd be a great resource because there's so much information on, again, the knowledge is power thing. It's not, okay, I'm going to do Helen today. No idea why. We tell you why. No idea how to warm up. We tell you to do it. No idea what the right mobility is. We tell you the mobility. How long is this going to take? We make sure you know how. So that would be a good kind of like starting point for someone new that's never been experienced this because you're going to get essentially a coach to walk you through the minute by minute and movement by movement about how to actually go through this thing and the whys behind it, which Mm -hmm. is so powerful. Um, If you don't have access to the internet, (laughs) uh, then- Then I don't know how you're listening to this. Yeah, that's a a valid point. Um, In that case, what I would do is like, maybe you're just in your garage and you're doing your own thing, is I would do what feels right that day, don't crush yourself. Try to turn. Um, try to start with walking. Mm-hmm. Literally walk, and then maybe um, try and get yourself into a push-up position. Then walk again. Try and get yourself into a squat. Walk again. Do a sit-up. Good. If you can do that, let's do it again. Walk to the end of the driveway again, and now let's do two of everything. Good. Walk to the end of the driveway and back. Let's do three of everything. Get to the point where you can do five. Excellent. Now let's turn that walk into a run and do it again. And then from there, you just kind of build up and maybe we grab a dumbbell and now we start working on picking the dumbbell off the ground and standing up. And then we pick it, dumbbell up and put it over our head and then we bring it from our waist to our shoulder. You know, basically we're doing deadlift, press, clean. Um, and just kind of like baby step it along the way. Again, just think about like the real, the starting point is like, listen to this podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. The starting point is you want to be doing constantly varied. So change it. Don't do what, tomorrow what you did today. Functional movements. You know, basically, like, are you going through big ranges of motion? Are you m- moving your body? That sort of thing, um, in non-machine based movements, mm-hmm. um, and not isolation, meaning like bicep curl, calf raise, that type of stuff. Yep. Do squats, lunge, jump, run, row, press, dead, all those things, um, and then work enough. Mm-hmm. Don't crush yourself, but don't be reading a magazine as well. Right.
1: Um, and on the on the equipment front, would you recommend a, a lightish pair of dumbbells? Yes. And, like
0: where, where? That's all I would recommend. Okay. Yeah. You, so you need Like don't you, go deeper than you that. You need until, nothing more no. than like if you are a deconditioned forty year old who has not worked out since high school, and you're a guy, you don't need anything besides a pair of fifteen pound dumbbells. Got it.
1: All right. Cool. Um, second scenario or second individual um, that I wanted to present to you is. Um, somebody who, uh, considers themselves fit, um, maybe younger, 20, 30 fit in the sense of buys and tries and calf raises and bench press, um, and the occasional mile run on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they. Are putting in effort, right? We talk, We've talked about the the teardrop before yep. in, in terms of um, where people are on the un, on an understanding of health and fitness, and so these people are kind of right in the middle of that, where they're putting in work, they're yes. putting in effort, but maybe they maybe he or she realizes at some point, um, okay, this this either I'm bored or this stopped working a long time ago, and now it's just a habit that I'm doing, and so I've heard about this CrossFit thing, I want to try it. But I'm not going to give up my $10 a month uh, gym membership at Planet Fitness or, Glo- yep. or or whatever Globo Gym. Where where does that individual begin knowing that they're coming to the table with at least some ha- some decent habits and 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 an environment in which they can work out? Yeah. Where do they begin?
0: Um, what I would suggest that person do because what that person essentially you're describing is kind of like. Um, the person that likes to work out. They're the gym monkey. They're the person that um, are going, you know, you don't have to get them poke and pry to get them to the gym, but they're at the gym and they realize that they've stalled and or they want a higher level of fitness capacity, Mm -hmm. um, longevity, looking better naked, whatever it might be. So they're looking for that next level. Um, It really helps to define what it is that they're chasing. So Mm -hmm. if they're after, um, you know, what you're kind of describing, which is like uh, bigger muscles. You described a bodybuilder, essentially. Um, I would kind of suggest to keep going and doing what they're doing. Mm. If they're looking for fitness, Mm -hmm. which is maybe like drop some body fat and then build up some capacity that will give them um, results outside of the gym, that better functionality in their life, better sport, live longer, better health metrics and all that. Um, What I would do, suggest that person do is take the compound movements that they're already doing. What I mean by that is like, bench press, overhead press, pull up, squat, deads. Maybe they're doing some like cleans or something like that. Mm -hmm. Take those movements, pick two or three of them, um, choose a rep scheme and a load and do rounds for time. Mm -hmm. That's what CrossFit is. What you've done is you've taken like, instead of doing five sets of 10 bench press with two and a half minutes rest in between, and then moving on to um your pull-ups where you do five sets of five you know if it's a push pull day in the gym or whatever it is and then you go to your um you do push-ups back to the push you and then you go to like your abs right Mm -hmm. and you do some smush it all together Mm -hmm. and do 10 bench press at 135 five um pull-ups at uh you know strict or kipping doesn't matter to me five Mm -hmm. pull-ups and uh something like seven burpees and put those all together and do as many rounds of that as you can in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And now you're you're gonna feel a major difference mm-hmm. from what you've been doing. This is essentially like, a, um, I know John Wellborn's told the story. He's a, a former yeah. NFL football player, um, CrossFit football. football yeah. um, he's told the story that like when he found CrossFit and kind of got into it and realized how much fitness he got, when he went back to train with, I think it was with the Kansas City Chiefs at the time. Um, when he was with the Chiefs, they would give him his strength program, and he would be like, "Ah, uh, I want to do my this in the CrossFit variation." You know, the coach would be like, "No, you have to, you have to check every box." To do it. So he did every box for time. So he would <laughs> yep. go through his his deadlifts, yeah. his squats, his cleans, and his presses as fast as he possibly could, and he turned the card back in like 22 minutes later, drenched in sweat, <laughs> yep. and be like, "Done." And like, yeah. that's essentially what you're doing. Yeah, just kind of put all those things together and put a different level of um, cardiovascular response to it. And that's really what, you know, you see a lot of, and if you don't wanna do it that way, here's another way to do it. Instead of doing your five sets of 10 bench press, um, and then um, what you normally do with two minutes rest in between, take the two minutes out and do two minutes of rowing in between. Mm. So now it becomes 10 bench press, two minutes rowing at a moderate pace. Go back to your bench press, two minutes rowing at a moderate pace. Go back to your bench press, two minutes rowing at moderate pace. That's essentially, that's a really cool way to combine like the the bodybuilding traditional strength world Mm -hmm. with CrossFit. And you'll get big benefits from that because what you're doing is now is you're working out, um, it's basically you're getting not just this muscular growth but you're this neuroendocrine response which you're actually gonna get even a bigger hormonal response and your muscles might grow even bigger than they did before and you're developing capacity and fitness along the way.
1: Um, two questions from that. One, did, have you ever had the pleasure of doing CrossFit inside of a Globo gym? Yes. Because I remember in the early days of, of Gold's gym, we would, uh, when we could, we would set the treadmill to go at like mm. nine and just mm. let it run yeah. and then sprint across That's the gym. That's the most dangerous thing ever. Yeah, and somebody it, like Yeah, yeah. it's stupid, but we did do that.
0: Um, early on in my CrossFit uh, days, I ended up in a Planet Fitness. Mm. And I was up in Vermont visiting my brother and we're there to work out. And while I was warming up, I was doing Spider-Man's. Everyone across your nose was yeah. warming up, doing Spider-Man's. Um, they asked me to leave. <laughs> they said I was intimidating the other members. Really? I hadn't even touched the weight yet. Wow. And they asked me to leave because I was doing Spider-Man's.
1: That's really funny.
0: It's amazing. Um,
1: <laughs> that is really funny. Uh, how It's interesting that your first answer there was... Um, If you want to continue getting, you know, big muscles and whatnot, like keep doing what you're doing. It's interesting that your first, your first answer was, um, why do you want to, why? I'm not, I'm
0: not here to say that CrossFit's the answer. It's like, if the person wants to, that's why it's, it's really important to, to differentiate and define what it is you're chasing. So don't do this because, um, it's a bright, shiny object. Mm -hmm do it because you know what it is you're chasing right now you can get look at the games athletes you right. can get big muscles mm-hmm. doing crossfit yep. for sure you can get a ripped body doing crossfit for sure probably arguably more so than you can through bodybuilding but if you love the method what you're doing like dude all the power to you you're yeah. you're doing a lot more than most people are
1: yeah okay third scenario or third individual is um a parent. Uh, a parent that's two words um a, of a parent a parent <laughs> uh not a parent a parent of a teenage athlete somebody who takes um their their high school athletics seriously right they maybe want to um, play whatever sport it is in college whatever that might be um comes to you and says uh i want johnny to start doing crossfit um we can't afford a gym membership whatever the reasons again that they're the kid's not going to end up in yep. a crossfit gym Um, same series of questions. Where does that, um, where does that kid begin? Where does that parent begin in, uh, advising, guiding, making sure that they're not going to hurt themselves? Where does that look, or what does that look like for that that individual?
0: Love that. Um, so first thing I would do is I would, I would again, kind of commend the parent because what most parents are doing is not saying I want my kid to be cross training. I need to get them into a sports specific strength conditioning facility, which is um, there's a, a, a fairly new book out called uh, Peak Performance. Uh, I'm, I'm hesitating mm. because I think that's the name of it. And essentially, it kind of dispels the myth that specialization is the path to mastery. Mm. And they use the example of Tiger Woods versus Roger Federer. Epstein's book. Uh, yes. No, it's called, the,
1: um, it's about generalists.
0: Yes. Uh, it's peak something. Is it peak? Yes. Cause I, Keep I talking. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they use the two examples, and the one that's been popularized, the one that everybody knows, and everyone references, is Tiger Woods. At age four, he had already won championships at his golf tournament and at his, at his golf club, and then from there went down the route of an incredible specialization under the guidance of his father.
1: It's called range. Why generalist? Why generalist triumph? In Thanks, the range. World. I'm way off with. P- I, just, p- I just listened another. to a podcast, and yeah. That's why. I, it, that's why I knew what you're talking about. Okay,
0: so that's what everyone references, and it's for good reason. Youth training athletics and sports had become a insane business Mm. so what they've told us is if you want your kid to go to the nhl they need to be playing 10 months of hockey and on top of their hockey they need to be doing sport specific strength and conditioning for hockey look at ie tiger woods Mm -hmm. right that's how you get there what they don't tell the story about is roger federer Mm -hmm. who didn't get serious about tennis until his late teens. Before that, it was water skiing and basketball and soccer and about six other sports. He was the generalist. And when you take this on a bigger enough scale, what you realize is the Tiger Woods methodology of specialization early does not create the same number of masters and experts as generalization into late bloomers specialization. Mm-hmm. It's better to be generalist. So, but we don't talk about that because there's not a lot of money to be right. made and people going, no, I'm no, don't really do my everything. hockey. Yeah. Don't do my youth hockey league. Yeah. And so we should do is play something else. Yep. Like, um, so that parent is very forward thinking. I would commend them hugely. Other thing that you realize is when they do more sports specific stuff is more injuries come about mm-hmm. burnout happens. Like there's so many different reasons, but forget about the injuries and the burnout. You become a better performer by this generalist approach. Same happens in business, by the way, it's a little bit of a tangent, yeah. but the people that go to mile deep and specialize in something, marketing or product or technology, are not as good as the people that are generalists and then come into it, to, yeah. um, becomes phenomenal at whatever they master, whatever it is mm-hmm. they do. And we've been told this with like the um, um, 10,000 hour rule and all of that stuff, Ericsson and Gladwell and whatnot. Um, I regress. Coming back to that, um, The in order to be phenomenal at their sport, they should be cross-training. They should not, a hockey player should not be doing more side lunges, and then doing more slide board for conditioning. That's all they do all day for two and a half hours on the ice anyway. What they should be doing is doing the other opposite stuff which is stuff that we do in CrossFit. And we should be working outside of the time domains that they are actually working, particularly at a young age. What we don't want to do is hammer them in with your shift is 45 seconds. You get 90 seconds off. Let's kind of rinse, wash, repeat through that. What we should be doing is getting them to work even shorter, higher power, and then even longer. Let's go for 10 minutes nonstop. And as they enter their late phase in bloomers, that's when we get them way more specific. So um, come back to that what i would work with that with those athletes with is first and foremost is developing a strength base and an understanding of what good movement looks like. If i was one of those parents and i was not going to get them into a crossfit gym, which would be my number one suggestion yep. for all three of these cases, you can you can shortcut a lot of the learning curve by getting yourself into a place with good coaching. It's like you know, the kind of scenario This is like, okay, I want to learn how to play piano, but I'm not going to take piano lessons. What mm-hmm. should I do? Mm-hmm. Well, you can get yep. a good piano instructor and yep. shortcut a lot of this. Um, if I was one of those parents, I would play the role of the coach and I would learn as much as I could about mm-hmm. movement. What does a good squat look like? What does a good hinge pattern at the hip look like, i.e. deadlift clean? Yes. Um, what does... Um, good mechanics in the upper body and the shoulder girdle look like. So I know what it looks like when I um, press something overhead, push something away from me, pull it towards me. Um, what does midline stability look like? And I would get really good at that. And then from there, I would build the athlete up using very light weights. We're talking about young teenage athletes here. Very light weights. For think about a um, maybe we're using like a uh, 165 pound uh, 15 year old kid. Um, that plays hockey, right? Um, I would be getting really good at like 65 to 95 pound squats, 65 to 95 pound deadlifts, um, 55, 65 pound cleans, um, 95 pound um, bench presses, just like work on the mechanics so, so well. And I'd be doing probably something along the lines of four or five sets of 10 to 15 reps. I would do that for upwards of a year. Mm little modifications and linear progression or, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways Geek you can do it. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, and then from there I would slowly basically build it up a little bit. Um, okay. We look phenomenal with 95 pounds. Now let's go up to 115, same thing, four sets of 12 and we're at 115 pounds, all the same movements. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we'll, the next year we'll go up and we're taking these tiny little baby steps the way Coach B did it with Sage and his kids mm. who went to the Olympics mm-hmm. um, um, is you can lift heavy when you've earned the right to lift heavy, which is until you show me a perfect rep, you can't do more than the barbell. And I need to see perfection. Once you've I've seen it and it took me a really hard time for me to point out a fault, we'll throw some five-pound pl- plates on it. Okay, you, and that day, you do it again perfect, good. Let's throw 10-pound plates on. It. Okay, there's a little deviation. We didn't quite get that extension through the whatever it was we were looking for. Okay, let's back up, show me perfection again. And that's how you kind of like build the whole thing up. You're training at their threshold, but safe weights, much more so than I would be with like one of my games athletes or something like that. I would focus first and foremost on the strength foundation because it's a huge component of what we're trying to build. And it takes years to develop strength. um, Whereas conditioning takes months, Mm -hmm. maybe even weeks. Um, And they're gonna get that through their sport specific anyway. I would want, you know, if I'm working with a 14 year old athlete and let's say they walk in and that's where they are, they're empty bar with everything. If I'm gonna work with them throughout their high school career when they're 18, you know, we'd want that athlete cleaning 225, bench pressing 265, squatting 350, deadlifting 475. You know, We want to take that slow drip, drip, drip to get them up to where they are strong athletes.
1: Mm Um in the pursuit of that parent getting a sense of how how to guide or how to coach, what resources would you point them towards? You know, is it Ripito's starting strength? Is it like how how can they start to get a sense of um, okay, how do I coach? How do I do this so that yeah, um, I know. That they're heading in the right direction.
0: Okay, so let's uh, let's back up and let's maybe even take the approach like, hey, I'm not that parent. I don't have the bandwidth to do that. I yep. work all the time. I get home, I'm exhausted. I can't be the coach. I'm not there. My kid trains after high school, and I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what I would do is um, get the, kind of like we did with a deconditioned kid um, is get the the kid a pair of dumbbells, mm-hmm. and um, you know if it's a high school kid, maybe it's a pair of 35 pound dumbbells, and get them to just start doing. Um, Again, sets of 10 of these movements. Got it. You can get really strong doing like sets of 10 um, moving really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, like, okay, they're topping it out. And now this is really easy. They're doing sets of 15 to 20, no problem. Four or five sets. Time to buy a pair of 45 pound dumbbells right. yep. and so on. Yep. Um, but dumbbells are a little more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, if you're doing cleans with a barbell and it's not good, you have a chance of hurting your wrist. You do cleans with the dumbbells and it's not so well like you're it's a lot more yep. there's a lot more freedom and um, room uh, margin for error mm-hmm. um, and you can get equally as strong with dumbbells as you can with a barbell yep um but if they are willing to invest the time effort and energy needed to kind of play the role of coach I think what you just suggested is a phenomenal starting place starting strength um it's basically 20 pages on the squat mm-hmm. you know it maybe even more than that maybe it's 50 pages on the squat. Uh, 50 pages on the bench press, 50 page. It's phenomenal. And that gives you a incredibly um, simple training program, three days a week of lifting that gives you the biggest bang for your buck in gains. Um, it's linear progression. It's phenomenal. Um, I think that'd be a great starting spot. Cool.
1: Okay. So you, you uh, mentioned this already that your advice in an ideal world will always be to get that individual into a CrossFit gym. And I wanted to... Um, I, I hope that people who are listening will send this episode to people who are in those positions, uh, in an effort to say, here's how I know you're interested. Here's how perhaps you can start. So, um, with that in mind, I think it's, even though it's obvious to us and it's obvious to a lot of people, I would love to talk to you a little bit about what is the value of being in a CrossFit gym mm. if you're one of those individuals or you're similar enough to those individuals what what would you, like, what is the case that you make to the individual who says, yeah, I'm interested in doing CrossFit and I recognize that there's a need for it, but either like I'm not ready for it, I'm, I have to get in shape first, or I don't understand why it costs that much, or, you know, I'm sure we can come up with three or four, seven yep. other reasons that in that going back to the, to your, you know, your first answer of education and getting them educated on exactly what this is, like they make sense until you're educated as to why those aren't the right answers or why it doesn't make sense. So for either these individuals, these specific individuals, or just people in general who are on the fence who want to do it, but who have convinced themselves for whatever reason that walking into their local affiliate doesn't make sense. Yeah. How can you, what do you say to them in order to get them to understand where, what the actual value of doing these things inside of a gym is?
0: Um, environment. So the number one thing to create good habits or break bad ones is your environment. Mm -hmm. It matters more than any, probably every other factor combined. And we've talked about this in the podcast before. If, if you're, um, trying to say no to sweets, right. And you're in a, a bakery for me, it'd be a bakery, or maybe you're in a candy shop Mm -hmm. or you're, or you work in an ice cream, like. Ben and Jerry's, Mm -hmm. like you're gonna have a really, really hard time saying no to sweets. Like imagine being like, um, you gave this example, like uh, I'm trying to eat clean, I'm not gonna have a piece of pizza. Mm -hmm. And you're at your in-laws and there's these five boxes of pizza out there. And you're like, you you make this little promise to yourself when you walk in the door, you're like, oh crap, there's pizza here, but I'm gonna eat clean. I'm not gonna have pizza. By hour three, you're broken, (laughs) right? Because willpower only lasts so long. Willpower, it can only get you so far. You end up breaking down, right, and having yep. a piece of pizza. Yep. And you did a great Probably job. A whole pizza. Yeah, you did a great <laughs> job, like withstanding it for three hours. But eventually, your environment is going to win out. Yeah. If, if you, that pizza was not there, and you you would not have made the necessary steps to go to a shop and get a slice of pizza, right? right. Because it's not there. Mm-hmm. That's the environment you're in. You used up so much unnecessary willpower because you were in a bad environment. Now flip that around. Imagine if you were in a incredibly positive environment. All of a sudden now you don't need the willpower at all. It's the opposite. The rising tide lifts all ships. So if you go into an environment where people, the norm is to set and achieve goals, the norm is to have strong worth ethic, the norm is to look for virtuosity and do things well, uncommonly well. The norm is to pursue excellence. The norm is this um, understanding that work ethic trumps all else. The norm is that like, I am going to be sweating like crazy at the end of this. Like that's just the standard. That's like the way it happens. Now all of a sudden, all all that you have to do is the hardest part of the day now is just getting yourself through the door. And then from there, everything else takes care of itself. You don't have to worry about the equipment, the setup, the programming, or even working hard. It will happen on its own. Mm. So if you are trying to um, like wean yourself off of drugs, the number one thing is stop hanging out with your friends that do drugs. That like nothing in the world will change you more than that one thing. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to quit and you're doing all that you can, but you still hang out with those people and you're exposed to it every single day, best of luck. Yeah. Now, the opposite is true. If you're trying to get yourself healthy and you're hanging out with yourself mm-hmm. who only knows unhealthy habits, yeah. best of luck. Yeah, Really hard. But you put yourself in an environment where people are oozing health and that's just all that they're consumed with and they're focused on. Well, there you go. Yeah environment will change you more than anything else will get yourself in the right environments in a crossfit gym for somebody that wants to pursue health fitness wellness fill in the dot mm-hmm. could might there might not be a better place for it
1: yeah um and i know a book that you love and you gave me at uh, atomic habits by james mm-hmm. clear it talks about that a lot yes and, um, highly recommended all right thank you so much that's all i've got for today cool we'll see everybody next week thanks patrick